I want to spend a few moments in the Beatitudes tonight. I've been studying a little bit in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll start reading these in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1. Matthew 5 and verse number 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We call these the Beatitudes and uh, comes from a Latin word, beatus, which has, which has to do with beatitude and the blessings. It's interesting to me that the last word of the last verse of the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament ends with the word curse. But when Jesus begins to preach in the New Testament, he starts with the word blessed. And I'm glad about that. And there's a lot of good preaching here and a lot of things we could look at. But I'm interested just in one verse tonight. I'm interested in verse number seven. If you look at it again, verse seven said this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help me. And then I want to preach a little while tonight on courting mercy courting mercy. Let's pray a moment. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us first. We thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your long suffering and your patience. We thank you, Lord, for being so good to us and blessing us. We thank you for the people of God. Lord, it's been wonderful to be assembled together with the saints of God today. And I thank you, Lord, for the people you allow us to meet along the way on our journey. We thank you, Lord, for we can fellowship around the good things of God. Now, Lord, I pray you'll help me tonight as I preach the Word of God. Help me to glorify you, to lift you up, to magnify you, to exalt you. And I pray we'll get help as a result of it. And we'll thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach a little while tonight on courtship, on courting. And uh, you'll understand this, I hope, as I go on a little way. Now, some of us I mentioned this morning that my wife and I celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary, so it's been a long, uh, a pretty good while since we courted in the strict sense of the word. We're still courting in some senses, amen. But some of it's been a long time since we did any courting, so we're going to have to put on our thinking caps and try and remember. But I want to talk to you about courtship, and uh, I want to talk to you about mercy for a little bit. Now, let's, let's, let's talk about mercy just for a moment in this passage. The Bible said, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Now, I try to figure out exactly what mercy is. How would we describe mercy? I remember when I was ordained to the ministry, I don't know how many years ago it was. I'd been preaching already for several years, but we had an ordination service. Dr. Leon Maurer was the president of Indiana Baptist College and at that time was an evangelist. And my pastor, I asked him, I said, what do we do in 
in uh, ordination. I said, I've never been to one. He said, well, write down on a piece of paper your doctrinal statement. Then you sit up there. They'll ask you questions. You answer off your doctrinal statement. So I came in that night. I walked up on the platform. Dr. Maurer said, uh, what's that you got there, son? I said, that's my doctrinal statement. He said, let me see it. And he took it and he never would give it back. And so... Uh, I sat there and they questioned me for three hours that night. Not only did they ask me questions I didn't know the answer, they asked me questions I didn't even understand the question. But one of the things they asked me was to define grace and mercy. And this was my definition. Grace is when I get what I don't deserve and mercy is when I don't get what I do deserve. If you go to Bible college, they'll tell you grace is unmerited favor with God and mercy is the withholding of deserved punishment. Mr. Webster in his dictionary said grace is the divine influence upon the heart manifested in the life. Someone made an acrostic of grace and said that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. But one preacher I know said this, grace is any time God pays any attention to me. I like that definition. And I'm thankful for the grace of God and the mercy of God. And the truth of the matter is the mercy of God allowed us to live long enough to hear the message of the grace of God so that we could be born again. All of us ought to be in hell, every one of us. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God did not, he did not give us what we deserve. He gave us mercy so so that we could hear about grace. Uh, now, if you look mercy up, the definition, I think, I think I got this out of strong, said that it is benevolence or mildness or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment and to afflict less than law or justice will warrant. That's pretty good. I like the sound of that. Uh, if we use the law or the principle of first mention in the Bible, the first time mercy is mentioned is in the life of Lot. The Bible said in Genesis 19, God's getting ready to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible said while he lingered, while Lot lingered, the men, the angels, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. So it was by the mercy of God that Lot escaped the judgment that came to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now I want to say this to you. You need the mercy of God. And I need the mercy of God. Mercy's not a one-time deal. We need the mercy of God in every area of our life. I got to looking in the Bible and I found that we need mercy. It's a, it has to do with or is involved in marriage, finding a mate. Because the Bible said when Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, or uh, Abraham went to find a bride for Isaac, when he came to where Rebekah was, here's what he said. He said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So mercy was involved in Isaac finding a mate. You young fellas remember that. You young ladies, you need the mercy of God to find the right mate for life so that you get somebody that wants to serve God with you and you can serve God together. Mercy has to do with persecution 
When Joseph was in the prison, the Bible said the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of prison. When you and I get in a mess, an awful mess, we're going to need the mercy of God. Mercy has to do with guidance. In Exodus, thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Uh, we need the mercy of God to know what to do next, to where to go, to where to put our foot down on the trail. We need mercy extending through generations in our family. The Bible said this, God is a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me. And Solomon said the reason that he was on the throne was because God showed his father David mercy in giving him a son to rule. I want mercy to go through. I want it just to sweep through every generation of my family. I need the mercy of God for my children. We need mercy for service. The Bible tells us of Solomon's servants in 2 Chronicles 6, how that God showed mercy unto his servants. We need mercy for revival. The Bible tells us in Israel that the Lord showed mercy unto the children of Israel in the sights of the king of Persia to give them a little reviving. We need mercy for the forgiveness of God. God forgave the children of Israel in the wilderness and showed them mercy and did not forsake them. I'm just telling you, we gotta have mercy or we're not gonna make it. Mercy's mentioned 135 times in the book of Psalms. The writer of Lamentations said in Lamentations uh, chapter three, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Then I wanna say this now. I've got three little points. That's usually what I have. I got three points. I wanna talk to you about mercy. Let me talk to you first of all about mercy's founder. Where did mercy come from? Well, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. You know, we call George Washington the father of our country because he's involved in the founding of it. We call Robert Fulton the father of the modern steamboat because he's the inventor of it. Why would we call God the father of mercies? Because he is the inventor and the dispenser of mercy. Nobody would know anything about mercy if it weren't for our merciful God. So God is the dispenser. Mercy is God's prerogative. He is the dispenser of mercy. And the mercy of God uh, in our text in, in verse number, Number seven, the mercy that it's talking about is not the mercy of men, it's talking about the mercy of God. You say, preacher, how do you know? Now look what it said. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You and I know that it's true that you can show mercy to men and they won't be merciful back to you. But in this text, it said if we show mercy, we're gonna get mercy. So the only kind of mercy it can be talking about is mercy from God. God is a God of mercy. Now, let me say this. I'm gonna get to the courtship. Just hang on a minute. I, I wanna say this about mercy. There are some who would tell us that God shows mercy on certain folks, doesn't show mercy on others, that God picks and chooses, and that you have nothing to do with whether or not you get mercy. But I don't know what you're gonna do with this verse. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Let me read you a couple other verses. Over in, uh, let me see where the verse I want. The Bible talked about in Psalm 33, 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Now, why would I hope in the mercy of God if there was a chance I could not get it? If there was a chance I was left out? 
See, in Romans chapter nine, God talked about this. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And so some have taken those verses and said, God is deciding who gets mercy and nobody else has a chance for mercy. But that's not what he's saying in those verses. He's telling us that he is the dispenser of mercy and that mercy is his prerogative and he decides how mercy is dispensed. And yet he tells us to hope in his mercy and to be merciful that we might obtain mercy. So I'm telling you, you can have the mercy of God if you want to have mercy. Now, I want to read you a verse from Micah chapter six and verse eight. You're familiar with this verse. Here's what it said. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So I've got this in my mind, to love mercy. You know what we do? Sometimes we name our daughters names like Grace. I know a young lady named Grace. Sometimes we name our daughters names like Faith. I knew a young lady named Faith. Sometimes we name our daughters names like Hope. Well, let's just think in our mind tonight about a young lady, and we're going to call her Mercy. And the Bible said to love mercy. So I'm thinking about tonight, I want to just use an illustration. Tonight, we've met a young lady named Mercy and we love her. And here's what we want to do. We want her for our own. We want to obtain her. Some of you fellas think back to when you was young and first saw your wife. And you got a good look at her and it was love at first sight. I always say when I, first time I saw my wife, my toenails curled up inside my shoes. <laughs> Brother Kelly said the first time he saw Miss Dot Kelly, he said first time I saw her, he said I got this chilly feeling just all over me, running down me. And he said I looked down, my Dixie cup was leaking. <laughs> but it was love, it, it was love at first sight. So I'm thinking about loving mercy, being in love with this young lady and we want to win her, to use the Bible language, we want to obtain her, we want her for our own. How would we go about, how would we go about courting mercy? Well, if you're going to court mercy, there's a whole lot of family things involved in courtship. So I'm thinking about this young lady named Mercy and I'm thinking about winning her and I'm thinking about some things and some people we'd have to be involved with if we want to get involved with Mercy. Here's the first thing we're going to have to do if we want to court Mercy is we're going to have to deal with Mercy's father. See, if you're going to court a young lady, and I'll help you young ladies that are here tonight. If there's a young fella hanging around you and he's wanting to court you and he wants your attention, you tell him the very first thing he better do is go talk to your daddy. And if he don't have enough, if he don't have enough stuff in him to go talk to your daddy, you run him down the road because he ain't worth having. Amen. And you young fellas, you interested in a young lady, first thing you do, you go talk to her daddy and ask him if you can pay some attention. I remember when Eric was, my son-in-law was courting my, or wanted to court my daughter Rachel. One day, you know, I didn't hardly know this young fella. I'd seen him in service. One day, he, he, we were there in a meeting at his church and he said to me on Friday, he said, what time are you leaving in the morning? I said, we're leaving about 10.30. He said, I'm gonna come over and help you load up. He'd never offered to do that before. He said, I'm gonna come help you load up your PA system and your instruments. And then he, and, and then he, he tacked this on the end and he, and he said, real fast, he said, and get all your phone numbers. 
So he showed up the next morning. He's helped me load up, you know, and all this stuff. And finally, after we've all loaded up, he says to me, he said, Brother McBride? I said, yeah, he was real shy. I said, I said yeah. He said, uh, I would like to, if you don't mind, I would like to uh, stay in touch with Rachel. I said, so you didn't want all of our phone numbers? <laughs> he said, no. And so he, he, before he, here's what he did when he got interested in her. He went to his pastor and said, I'm interested in Rachel McBride. He said, let's pray. And for 30 days, him and his pastor prayed about it. And then the next time he saw me, he talked to me. Now, all this is going on before he said a word to Rachel about anything. Now, that, that, told, me, that told me he had some character about him. So we're gonna have to deal with mercy's father. Well, we've already noticed whose mercy's father is when the Bible said, when the Bible said that God is the father of mercies. But here's what I'm thinking. If we were to look at mercy tonight and think about who her father is in the family, in the Old Testament, and I think this fits so well with the illustration, in the Old Testament, we'll find mercy hanging around with somebody. Uh, no less than 10 times in the Old Testament, we'll find mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. That tells me that we don't get mercy unless we're willing to submit to the truth. We're not gonna get mercy unless we have to deal with the truth. The Bible said mercy and truth are met together. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. The Bible said in Genesis, I not left my destitute, my master of his mercy and his truth. Mercy is not some weak attitude that leaves sin ignored or excused. You see, the daddy's gonna keep an eye on things. He's not gonna let things get out of hand. He's gonna represent truth in this courtship and mercy is not given without truth. Mercy does not sidestep truth. Mercy is not weakness but mercy God can give mercy because the demands of truth have been met. Somebody said well preacher God will give mercy. He just gives mercy because he has a weak place in his heart over the sinful. No God gives mercy because the justice and truth were met that demanded it by God were met at Calvary. Jesus paid the penalty and justice and truth were satisfied at Calvary and so God can show mercy because truth and justice have been met. You say, well, I don't care anything about truth then you're not gonna get any mercy. As a matter of fact, you'll die without mercy if you don't acknowledge the truth. Uh, the Bible said in Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is long suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but listen to this, and by no means clearing the guilty. Now wait a minute, it sounds like a contradiction that God's gonna be merciful, but he's not gonna clear the guilty. No, there's no contradiction. The guilty were cleared at Calvary. My, my slate was wiped clean by the blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Calvary and so now I have mercy. So if you want mercy, you're gonna to have to deal with the father. You're gonna to have to tell the truth. David said this after he sinned with Bathsheba. He said, but thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Now he went on to say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. How's God gonna do that? He's gonna do that because David's gonna tell him the truth. If you wanna get mercy, the first thing you need to do is do business with the truth. Tell the truth. Come clean with God. Don't have anything covered. Uncover it all together. God and you can have mercy. Amen. Mercy. And so mercy's father, we'll call him truth. And then mercy has a mother. If you're going to court mercy, you're going to want to, you're going to, want to get to know mercy's mother. You say, what's mercy's mother's name? Mercy's mother's name is love. Because there would be no mercy if there had not been love. 
And so God loves sinners. He loves us and he would not be merciful to us except that he loves us. You say, preacher, why is God so merciful to us? Uh, it's, it's simple. God loves sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, the Bible said this, Paul said, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Why does he want to show us mercy? Because he loves us. I remember I was preaching our anniversary service. I'm a member of the Bean Blossom Baptist Church in Bean Blossom, Indiana. If you don't know where Bean Blossom is, it's south of Fruitdale, north of Nalbone, east of Peogie, and west of Bear Wallow. Now you know right where it is. Come by and see us sometime. We probably won't be there, but come by anyway. And uh, I was preaching, I think my pastor's 43rd, something like that, 43rd anniversary at the Bean Blossom Baptist Church. And you know when you preach anniversary service, you're supposed to preach on blessed assurance or precious memories. But I don't know. I studied and I prayed and I felt like I needed to preach on the wrath of God. And I preached out of Romans on the God who is willing to show his wrath. So on anniversary Sunday, I preached on the wrath of God. I just felt like it's the will of God. And there was a little blonde-headed girl sitting in the back. She'd never been in our church before and as far as I know, had never been in church. And so I preached on the wrath of God on anniversary Sunday. And uh, then we had invitation. I said, now if you're here and you're lost and you're under the wrath of God, but you'd like to be saved, raise your hand and I'll pray for you. And that little old 16-year-old girl, she raised her hand. She needed to be saved. Here she come in the invitation, got down the altar. Sherry got down beside her, put her arm around her. I didn't know all this till afterward. She said, what's your name, honey? She said, my name's Alex. She asked her how old she was. She said, I'm 16. She said, what'd you come for? She said, I, I want to get saved. And so Sherry didn't, my wife didn't know, didn't know her and didn't know what she understood. So she said, well, uh, Alex, what do you know about Jesus? That little 16-year-old girl said, I know that he died on the cross for my sin. And then she said this, and I know he really, really loves me. I'm going to tell you, that's enough theology to get you into heaven. Amen. He really, he doesn't just love me. He doesn't just really love me. He really, really loves me. He loved me enough to go to Calvary. And so I thought about the mercy of God, that mama that loves. Uh, if you want to court mercy, you're going to have to know something about that mama that loves. I thought about this. Mercy is the physician. Love is the friend. Mercy acts out of need, but love acts out of affection. Mercy acts in time of trouble, but love is constant. We have mercy because of the love of God. So you have the father, that's truth. You have the mother, that is love. And then you have mercy. Uh, mercy has a twin. Mercy has a twin in the family. The twin's name is Grace. So how do you know they're twins? Because they seem to always be together. You read about them in the Bible, they seem to be inseparable. Mercy is the companion of grace. They're joined at the hip. They're like twin sisters in the family. In Hebrews 14, 6, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. So if you're going to court mercy, you're probably going to have to get acquainted with grace because they're, they're, they're twins. They're together all the time. Uh, grace comes first and removes the penalty. Mercy follows and eliminates the punishment. Grace offers pardon. Mercy offers relief. Great mercy says no hell. Grace says you get to go to heaven. In the parable, the good Samaritan, mercy relieved the suffering. Grace rented the room. With blind Bartimaeus, mercy said let him come. Grace said thy faith hath made thee whole. Jairus, in the life of Jairus, mercy said I'll go with you to your house. Grace said damsel arise at the pool of Bethesda. Mercy said wilt thou be made whole. Grace said arise, take up thy 
bed and walked. At the tomb of Lazarus, mercy said, I'm gonna weep with the sisters. Grace said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth bound hand and foot. I'm just saying to you, mercy and grace go together. So you're gonna to have to know something. You're gonna to have to get acquainted with mercy's father truth. You're gonna to have to get acquainted with mercy's mother love. You're gonna to have to get acquainted with mercy's twin sister grace. And then there's one more member of the family. Mercy has a little sister. Uh, her name is Peace. And you know what she does? She follows along after mercy wherever mercy goes. Wherever mercy goes, the grace will be with her. Uh, there'll be peace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, There'll be peace following along after. You say, preacher, how do I know if I've experienced grace and mercy? I'll tell you why. Because that little sister peace will be following along in your life where there's mercy, uh, where mercy has worked. There have been, uh, hallelujah. Salvation's peace with God comes from mercy, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. When you lay your head down on the pillow at night and you have peace with God. It's because he's been merciful to you and because you've experienced grace and the love of God been shed abroad in your heart. Thank God for peace. One day I was at a store. It was going out of business and things were 70% off. So mom and I went in there and we thought, well, we're going to find a goodie in here. We're going to find us a deal in here. And It was an Ames department store and we were out in Maryland and we went in and we couldn't find anything and as we were going out they had a table laid out with stuff they wanted you to buy on impulse and I saw this box and it said the stress buster and I wondered what it was so I turned it around so I could see it was on the front of it and on the front of it was a punching bag with an eyes and a nose and a mouth a face drawn on it and I figured out what you do is you take the punching bag and you you hook it up in your, probably not out in your living room, but in your garage or your basement. And when you're stressed out, you just go to wailing on it. Just look at that face and, and imagine it's whoever it is that's causing you your trouble and just wail on it. That's the world's answer to no peace. But God has a stress-busting program. You know what it is? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. God will give you peace. He'll give you the peace with God and the peace of God by the mercy of God. So there's mercy's family. Now, there's one last thing I want you to see. And I'm going to preach here for a minute and I'll be done. I want us to see mercy's fellowship because here's what our verse says. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, if you want to court this young lady named Mercy, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have fellowship with her. You're going to have to spend time with her. You're going to have to find out what she loves and get involved in it. Remember that, fellas? When I met, when I, when I met Sherry and I, I wanted to court her, I was a, at that time I was an unsaved sports writer and a photographer, and she was an unsaved uh, high school senior playing girls basketball and I went out to the I went out to the game because they were praying, playing South Christian High School and South Christian High School had beat everybody they played and I was going to do a story on them because they had they had they were just they were cleaning up on everybody they played and so they were playing Wayland Union High School where Sherry went to school and I went out to do a story on them and Sherry's team beat the team that was beating everybody else so I did a story on her team instead of the other one 
And that's the first time I ever talked to her. My first words were, to her were so romantic. My first words were, good game. <laughs> and I did a story on her, took pictures and the whole deal. And after that story, every picture every week was of Sherry somehow. But anyway, at least that's what they said. But I got interested in her and I, I started trying to spend time with her and getting around her. We got saved later on uh, after we got married. But, but one of the things that she loved, she loved horses. I didn't know one thing about horses. Her and my girls and her parents, they love horses. They know, you know, we'd drive down the road. They'd say, look at that bay. And I look over there. I don't see any water. <laughs> I see some horses. You know, they know bays and roans and, and all that stuff. You know, I know what a pinto is, a paint, uh, because it's different colors. I figured that out. But they loved horses. And so they had three horses. There were three sisters and her, her and her two sisters, and so each one of them had a horse. Uh, Nancy, her oldest uh, sister, had a horse named Charlie. He was 16 hands high. Was he? That's what, how you say it, 16 hands high. He's a tall horse, big horse. And uh, he was half something and half something else. I don't know, quarter horse or something. I don't know about all that stuff. But anyway, and then they had a, a little smaller horse, a female horse named Tammy, and and somebody that had owned Tammy way back yonder, she'd had several owners, and somebody way back yonder, they figured somebody had mistreated her. She hated men, and so I stayed away from her. And then they had a small paint, painted horse, paint horse named Tony. So I'm over there one day now. I'm courting Sherry. I'm wanting to win her. I'm wanting to obtain her. I'm wanting her for myself. And, and so they decided they're going to go riding. Well, I've never been riding I don't, I don't hardly know the back end from the front end. But, I, but I've seen Roy Rogers. I've seen the Lone Ranger. Uh-huh. The High Chaparral. So I, I know, I, I, I've even seen Laredo. So I, and Gunsmoke. So I, I, I figure we're going to go out in the pasture and we're going to go, and the horses are going to come running because that's the way Roy Rogers did it, right? So I said, we go out and whistle and they come. She said, no, we have to catch them. Catch them. Okay, how do we catch them? Well, she said, you take the bit and the bridle in this hand and you put it behind your back where the horse can't see it. And then they filled my other hand with carrots. And they said, you go out in the pasture. It's about eight-acre pasture, I think it was. You go out in the pasture, you talk nice to the horse. You get him to eat the carrots, and then you slip your arm over him and put on the bit and bridle. I thought, piece of cake. <laughs> Sounds easy to me. So I got the bit and bridle behind me. I go walking out there. Now, remember, I've seen Roy Rogers. So I went... Now, I didn't pick Tammy because she hated men. I didn't pick Tony because he is the little horse and I was trying to make an impression. So I picked Charlie, the big one. So I, I'm headed out toward, I'm, here, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. I'm doing my, I didn't whistle because they said that didn't work. And so pretty soon, Charlie kind of looks over at me and I'm walking up real slow and he comes up and he sniffs some carrots and he goes to eating out of my hand. I'm thinking, this is easy. So I put my own little wrinkle on it. I thought, now he's eating out of my hand. I got to get my arm over his shoulder. 
I'll just lower my hand. And as I'm lowering my hand, his head will go down and I can reach right over top and slip. So his head's going down and I've reached over now and I got my, I got my arm over his neck like this and he's down and everything was going swimmingly. But I ran out of carrots. <laughs> and when the carrots were gone, Charlie didn't want nothing to do with me. And I've got my arm over his neck and he lifted his head up and lifted my feet off the ground. And I'm still thinking somehow I can stop him, but I can't stop him. He's dragging me through the pasture. I should have let go, but I didn't think about that. And so I'm, I'm holding on. I get the, And besides that, I'm trying to make a good impression. I don't think I look very good being dragged across the pasture. And there's an electric fence there. And he decided that he was not going to stop for the fence. And him and I went through the electric fence uh, together. And the horses got out and we never, we never did ride that day. I didn't make a very good impression, but here's what I was trying to do. I was trying to love what she loved because I wanted to win her. Now, let's look at our verse. Would you look at it a minute? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. All right, if I were to look at that verse and say, what, what does mercy love? Mercy loves to be merciful so if I want to win mercy I want I know that God has already given me mercy but I don't want to miss out on any mercy that is available to me I want to get all the mercy that I can get I want all of it I don't want to leave any of it behind it's kind of like at the preacher's house I'll have to make a confession. If you don't find any more blue wrapper candy, it's because I got all that was available out of that dish. I want, and then I found out the red was also chocolate, and so I took most of that too. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want, I don't want to leave any mercy that's available to me on the shelf. I want to get all the mercy that I can possibly get from God. You say, well, preacher, how are you going to do that? My verse tells me that if I will be merciful, I shall obtain mercy. You know what we're going to need? We're going to need a lot of mercy. We're not going to be able to get along without mercy. So what we'd better do is we'd better be as merciful as we can and show as much mercy at every opportunity that we have so that we can get all the mercy that God is going to give us. You say, well, preacher, I just don't, I just don't. All right, Psalm 18, 25, with the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. That's pretty plain right there. You say, well, preacher, I tell you, so-and-so wronged me. I'm going to make them pay. Well, just remember this. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. Well, I tell you, so-and-so wronged me, and I'm going to get my pound of flesh. And just remember, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The Bible said that Job received the mercy he needed from God 
when he prayed for his friends. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. You know, those boys showed up and for seven days they sat there and looked at him and never said a word. And I'm, 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 I'm putting myself there and if I stand by and say, why don't you guys say something? Say something! And then when they started talking, I want to say, why don't you guys close your mouths? And they called him every name in the book. They called him a hypocrite. They said he's a secret sinner. They were unmerciful until Job looked at him and said, miserable comforters are ye all. But God showed Job mercy when he showed them mercy and prayed for them. So I'm thinking this. How much mercy do you want? How much of God's mercy would you like to have in your life? Would you like to be immersed in his mercy? Would you like to be surrounded by his mercy? Would you like to obtain his mercy? How much do you want? Well, if I'm understanding this verse, I'm going to get what I give. So if I want a boatload of mercy, I'm going to have to give a boatload of mercy. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to court mercy. I'm going to take every chance I can to win her, every opportunity I can to get the mercy of God. I want to court mercy. I want to show mercy and give mercy and be merciful so that I can expect from God to obtain mercy like I've given mercy. How merciful are you? You know what I'm afraid? I'm afraid some of us are courting judgment. I'm afraid some of us are courting retribution. I'm afraid some of us are courting sorrow. I'm afraid some of us are courting grief because that's what we're giving. I'm afraid some of us are courting destruction. I tell you what we better do. We better look for every opportunity and take every opportunity to give mercy and court her so that we can get mercy. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. I want you to bow your heads a moment. And I want you to think about it tonight. How much mercy do you want? How much mercy do you want? How much mercy would you give? Are you thinking about somebody tonight that needs your mercy? They need you to be merciful unto them. You say, preacher, this happened and that happened, the other thing happened. Yeah, I know, but they need your mercy tonight. They need you to be merciful. And you need God to be merciful. And we're going to get back what we've given. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. i tell you what I did. Even though the horse deal was a fiasco I hung around with that girl and learned to love what she loved until I won her for myself and it was worth it oh my was it worth it and it'll be worth it tonight to win mercy it'll be worth it tonight do you need some mercy will you give some